Hi, and thanks for joining the SJ Child Show. The SJ Child Show brings value to families through education and resources. But the SJ Child Show isn't just about me. It's about us as a community. Join me as we help educate and support our community, help bring kindness and love and inclusion to all. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen and watch. I really appreciate all the support from all of the viewers and listeners. And I just want to let you know, I want you to join me on this journey. Come and follow my social media and let's do this together. Enjoy the show. Introducing Autism Vehicle Home Safety Kits, Emergency Responder, Alert Stickers, Personal Profiles with Autism Needs and a Communication Board, Masks and Earplugs, Keeping Families and Emergency Responders Educated and Safe. Get yours today at sjchilds.org. Helping autism families impact their child's developmental milestones through home relocation, community resources, and home designs. For every three homes Natalie Castro sells, she funds and designs a sensory room for a community center servicing individuals with autism. She volunteers to coach law enforcement, first responders, and ER nurses how to have a positive experience for individuals on the autism spectrum. There we go. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to the SJ Childs Show. I'm your host, SJ Childs, and today I have Dr. Stephen Shore, and he's an amazing, oh my gosh, I'm going to let him give you the great introduction because I don't want to leave anything out, basically. Um, but I, I just was so lucky to connect with him in the last few days, and I'm excited to learn more and share all of this wonderful, valuable information with you wonderful viewers and listeners out there. So thank you so much for being here with me today. Well, it's a pleasure to be with you. It's a pleasure to uh, uh, share ideas and thoughts and how we can uh, promote fulfilling and productive lives for autistic people. And I listened to a few of your other podcasts and kind of your story and stuff. So it's so wonderful and interesting. And then, of course, I reached out to you and said, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to tell my son about you because he loves some of the same same things and ideas. And oh, so you cool. just had to got to meet him for a second. And yeah, he just turned 12. And oh, it's just, you know, a learning experience every day. Every day he's discovering oh, sure, and yes. learning more. It's amazing, isn't it? Tell us how uh, where all of this started for you and how this journey began. Well, taking it from the beginning, things were pretty typical at first. And then at 24 hours of age, uh, my, my wife often says when she looks at pictures uh, that I look like an egg. Oh. <laughs> and I guess babies do. And then at 18 months, like what happens to about 30% of us on the spectrum, I lost functional communication, had meltdowns, withdrew from the environment as a result of being struck with the regressive autism bomb. There was so little known about autism in those days that it took my parents a year to find a place for diagnosis. And when they did, the doctor said they'd never seen such a sick child, and they recommended institutionalization. Mm. But fortunately, my parents, like we see so many parents today in ever-increasing numbers, 
they convinced the school to take me in about a year. And it was during that year that my parents implemented what we would today refer to as an intensive home-based early intervention program, emphasizing music, movement, sensory integration, narration, imitation. And that's just today's terminology. Because in those days, the concept of early intervention didn't even exist. Wow. Pioneers. You know, it's incredible. And that was, um, if you don't mind me asking, how how old are you? I mean, how many, that was quite some time ago. Yeah, so now I'm 60. So you're talking about the 60s. Oh, wow. I I was going to say in your 40s. So gosh, you're looking great. (laughs) Autistic people tend to be well-preserved. Yeah, isn't that amazing too, huh? Yeah. sharp mind just that keeps going and and it just doesn't uh doesn't slow down does it <laughs> that's exciting well and so the school were you willing or did were they willing to give you the support and kind of try what your parents were doing yeah well they actually did uh once i got in because with the work that my parents did speech began to return at age 4 Wow. And I entered the school at about age four. So I got reevaluated. Mm-hmm. And instead of being considered as psychotic and ready for an institution, I got upgraded to neurotic. So things were moving up in the world. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <gasps> and uh, also, we, we, we often hear about the highly focused interests mm-hmm. that autistic people have. And... Uh, uh, my first interest uh, was found at age uh, at age four. Oh wow! My parents found me taking apart a watch with a sharp knife, and they uh, I would take a, I would extract the motor, remove uh, after popping open the back. I'd remove some of the gears. I'd spin them around and then put it all back together again. I love and the it. watch still worked. And there weren't any pieces left over. So incredible fine motor control to take apart a watch. At four. That's amazing. Then the question is, where does that motor control go Mm. when it comes to penmanship? And like for so many of us, I was a penmanship disaster area. (laughs) You know what happens to... uh, for example, when you walk into a room with a paragraph on the board, mm. because it suggests you're going to have to copy it down. And by the end of the period, I had gotten through maybe a couple of words and everybody else had gone to recess. Mm. So incredible fine motor control to take apart a watch. But where does it go when it comes to penmanship? That is so interesting. Oh, it's fascinating, and you can ask uh, you can ask your favorite occupational therapist for some neurological explanations. Yeah. Uh, but what it also is an example of is sharp lines of demarcation that can occur uh, between the abilities that autism gives us and the disabilities that come from being on the autism spectrum. So you get both. Yeah. And what that suggests is that we really do need to focus on finding those abilities. Mm. And then 
when we do come across challenges, uh, we will do what we can to tear down those barriers so that autistic people can access their strengths. Exactly. Yeah, you know, I always tell parents that I work with that if you come if you come to a struggle or a challenge, you meet it with a strength and you build up those weaknesses or those challenges with strengths. So I think that that's fantastic advice. And uh, so I spent about a year there. And then at age six, I entered regular school kindergarten, where I was a social and academic catastrophe. (laughs) You know what happens to people who are in grade school. Mm, Yeah. Fortunately, school systems are beginning to realize that bullying is not a developmental phase that people need to go through. I but rather, so. something really does need to be done about yeah, it. Yeah, 100%. Academically, I was usually about a grade behind in most of my subjects. However, I did have my highly focused interests. Mm-hmm. And most of my elementary school days were spent going into the library and getting books on astronomy, music, weather, volcanoes, dinosaurs, all kinds of things. (laughs) I'd read them all, take down notes, copy diagrams. And I remember in third grade, I had a stack of astronomy books on my desk. And a teacher told me that I'd never learned how to do math. But somehow I figured out just enough math to teach statistics at the university level. (laughs) Oh, my heavens. And the good news today is that uh, increasing numbers of educators would notice a focused interest like this and then uh, find a way to teach through that highly focused interest. Yeah. We're seeing more of that uh, these days. Fingers crossed for DJ someday that, you know, he'll be able, somebody will be able to reach in and help him you know, use all of these incredible linguistic skills and chemistry and math. And I mean, he's like a master of everything he does. And I really hope that, yeah, like you, like you said, I I hope that there's opportunities that will help empower him and engage him and teach him to use those skills. Right. Fascinating. Yeah. 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 A mother's hope, right? Exactly. (laughs) And then it was on to middle school. And you don't need to have be autistic to have difficulties in middle school. No, you just have to be a teenager going to middle school, don't you? <laughs> right. But for me, it was actually easier. Hmm. Because I was able to engage in my highly focused interest of music. Yes. And the silver lining about middle school is that's when you start seeing courses, clubs, and activities based on particular interests. And I joined the band, which gave me a structured activity to mediate my interactions with other students. And I got so taken up with music that I got it into my autistic head that I needed to learn how to play all the instruments, every (laughs) last one of them. And so I would spend hours in the instrument closet, figuring them out, taking them apart, sometimes recombining two or three instruments into contraptions that never should have seen the light of day. (laughs) And while I didn't learn them all, I did get it up to about 15. Wow. 
That's incredible. About three years ago, DJ asked for 10 classical instruments for Christmas. He asked Santa, he gave him a list of 10 classical instruments that he wanted. So boy, Santa had to work hard that year (laughs) and not paying $14,000 for an oboe. So we had to really, really get, you know, precise and we like found some an indian store that had a sitar and just kind of tried to you know do what we could and (laughs) it was it was a lot of fun and but the same thing you know just not just one (laughs) he went he had to have all of them yeah (laughs) i love that (laughs) so then when i heard that a requirement for degree in music education was that you had to learn all the instruments well, that just seemed to be the way to go. Yeah. And that's exactly what I did. And uh, uh, then it was off to college, which was a utopia. Oh. I had more friends, no more bullies. If I wanted to ride my bicycle at midnight, I could find someone just as strange as I was to I also it. ride at midnight. Yes. So it was... Uh, Music education all the way through my doctoral coursework. And then when I learned that a requirement for a degree in music education was, or I should say, then, no, now I'm in my doctoral program. And then I started getting more interested in autism. And so I defected to the school of education and got my doctorate in special education wow and uh, at that time starting to write books about autism and uh, speaking at conferences around the country then around the world and then i got my professor job at uh, delphi university and here i'm in my 14th year Oh, my heavens. And now I spend my time either researching or teaching on issues related to autism. Wow. When there isn't a pandemic, I I would travel to a different country about once a month to talk about autism, writing books, and giving music lessons to autistic kids. Oh, that's beautiful. Did you pick up other languages along the line going to these different countries? Oh, yeah, I pick up bits here and there. It's fun to talk in Russian when I go to Russia. Yeah. Chinese when I go to China. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's very enjoyable. I bet. And so rewarding that you've been able to do just what we just said. Take your strengths and make them, you know, your life's work. And the teaching moments that you can give people by saying, I am, you know, I I do understand, like I have been through these things. Those are so for parents and for, for teachers and educators, so great to be able to say, wow, we can really get value in education and learn from, from these things. Tell us about some of the, the books that you wrote. Oh yeah. Well, uh, first it's my autobiography and I wrote that uh, as I was um, uh, making my transition to the School of Education and actually used that as my writing sample. Oh. And uh, 
then while I was, uh, so I used the autobiographical format in which to talk about educational strategies, sensory issues, giving music lessons, and transition to adulthood in the areas of relationships, employment, continuing education, housing. And then I wrote another book, I should say, i probably say more edited, a second book on self-advocacy and disclosure, because not much was being done about that. So I got five of my colleagues, all who are autistic, and all who contributed chapters on how to best advocate for ourselves. Wow. And then I wrote, and I was approached by Wiley to uh, help write Understanding Autism for Dummies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I did that. And then my advisor said, all right, stop writing books and finish your dissertation. <laughs> so I had to do that. And then once that was done, it was applying uh, for this university job, which I ended up having to postpone for six months. Because as things were getting more serious in the interview process, I suddenly realized that I had so many conferences already set up for the fall of 2008 that I would be away from class more than I'd be there. And that didn't seem to be a good way to start. So you just postponed the the college? Yeah, until until January. And I've been here ever since. Oh, that's wonderful. What, where, what's your favorite country to go to? I know DJ would want to know that anyways. So I'm going to, what was your favorite experience? Oh, well, there's many of them. Uh, I can imagine. uh, I enjoy going to Russia. People are very nice there. There's good food, good music, good art. And there's a program there called Our Sunny World that's doing a really good job at matching approaches to individual needs as opposed to getting stuck in one approach, uh, oh, which is wow. an area of my research uh, as well. That's amazing. I, I enjoy going to uh, uh, going to uh, Japan. Oh. And Australia, New Zealand. Wow. It's a good time just about everywhere I go. I've been to Israel. I've been to Kuwait. been to Saudi Arabia. Oh, wow. Into France, so fifty-two countries in all. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you you can't name them all, but good probably. But that's crazy! Wow, well, those are incredible experiences to have. I hope someday to have be able to travel with my family like that and do some amazing, you know, across the world experiences. Hopefully, things lighten up for us so that we can do that. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, eventually we'll get back to traveling. Yeah, definitely. And as you can see, DJ's favorite place right now is Japan and everything uh, it is, you know, related to Japan and his interests oh, yeah, yeah. right now. Nice so yeah. he's very excited about that. But there was a time where Russia and Russian was so important to him. And I think he was maybe, I want to say four or five. And I would just find him drawing these intricate maps and they weren't any countries I'd ever heard of. They weren't any territories that looked familiar to me. And so it took me a minute to kind of, you know, dig in to find out where they were. And sure enough, it was Russia and he was drawing these amazing maps of Russia. And he was great. Yeah. He said, could you, I want to learn the Russian alphabet. 
So I would go on and print out all of the characters um, oh, on, yeah. on little laminated cards so that he had all of the characters mm-hmm. for, for Russian. And he would help, you know, practice Itu Mama with the, <laughs> and get to know. Yeah, he would teach me little things here and there and pretty fun, pretty interesting to be able to. Yeah. How else would I have ever like <laughs> came across all of these amazing things? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's wow. And you know, about five years after DJ was diagnosed, um, my husband was also diagnosed. And then about eight weeks ago, our 10 year old daughter was also diagnosed. Oh, wow. So, so you're, you're the token non-autistic or maybe I, you're autistic. I, too. I think we're getting my be traveling down that path here a little sooner than later <laughs> because yeah, it might be worth looking into i think so and i think i really and, and it's interesting i was just talking to um, elizabeth becker who is also you know in the the same group that i had met you in today and she was saying the same thing that it's so interesting when you realize how much you understand someone that is or a group of people that are so neurodiverse and think how could I be so understanding? <laughs> How do these things make so much sense to me? And, yeah, and I start yeah, to kind of dive deep into that. Yeah. And in, you know, in my childhood, it was, um, I, I was an only child. So I, there was no comparison of what it looked like to have over sensory needs, you know, things yeah. like, I would, um, when the garbage truck would come in my neighborhood, I would hide in my room and cover my head with a pillow. And mm. no, nobody questioned that. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, well, there's something there. And yeah, and now that I kind of, you know, dig back through, my husband and I have written a couple pages worth of lists and we're like, yep, yeah, we're pretty sure. So it'll be exciting to someday be able to, to um, you know, claim that space if, if that's the case. So I'll right. be happy to do so. Yeah, it's been a, a, an amazing journey. And it sounds like you've had such an incredible journey too. Tell us. Yeah, um, yeah, I certainly have. Yeah. Some other stuff coming up, like the Autism Summit. Tell us about that. Um, so the Autism Summit, and that that's the one with the USAA. I think so. The yeah, the USAA, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I look forward to that. We're going to have presentations about a number of different subjects, educational, medical, social. Things like learning the yeah. hidden curriculum, yeah. and I I look for, forward to giving that presentation. Yeah, I look. It's a great to group. It. I've been with it for maybe twenty years or so. Oh, wonderful! I got to find out how I can become a part of it because I'm part of the. Oh, you definitely know, should. Yeah. yeah, I'm the on the autism council for Utah here, where I live here in Utah. But I would love to um to get on a much more global, well, oh, by all, yeah. a global scale, you know, and kind of really reach as many places as well. So that's right. fantastic. Oh, I look forward to, to hearing that. What do you think is the, some pivotal parts that maybe the world needs to look at? What are some good, uh, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, I, I think that our diagnosis process really needs to be reexamined and, you know, fit for, for females of a better fit for, oh, yeah, for what that looks uh, like. That's an important piece. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was kind of wondering what kind of your main ideas are for what the world should be learning. Well, we should be learning to work with the strengths of autistic people. 
Mm. Yeah. Using a strength-based approach instead of focusing on all the things that autistic people cannot do. Yeah. Stop trying to change and start uplifting. Yeah. Reframing from a deficit model, Mm -hmm. thinking of autism as a series of deficits, disorder, and disability, and using more of an abilities-based approach and asking the question, what can the autistic person do? And if something's getting in the way of that, what can we do to tear down that barrier so they can do what that thing is? So important. Every autistic person I know who has been successful has found a way to parlay their strengths and interests into something that society values, and that usually means employment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think it's really important. There's so much more, you know, um, information out there to get, to give, to, you know, be able to have employers uh, gain the training they need to have accommodations met. For, for autistic um, employers. I think that's so important. And adult transition. I think that that's a really big um, key factor that, you know, needs to be kind of addressed too. Oh, yeah. Oh, the dog, the dog is, bar- is growling. Oh. <laughs> well, the people whose house I'm staying in have just arrived and they're going to pop right in. Oh, that is funny. Well, you know what? We, uh, it was such a pleasure to have you on today and oh, well, to speak you. with you. It's just such an honor. Is there a, a website or place where we could find your books and, and anything else? Sure. If you go to www dot com. Uh, you'll find all kinds of information about me. Fantastic. And I'll make sure to have that link in the description as well as up on the screen so everybody knows where to find you. And I really look forward to staying in touch. And, oh, and likewise. You know, yeah, and catching up and kind of finding our, our journeys, you know, see where they, they go and intertwine in the future. All right. That would be great. I look forward to that. I look forward to when we meet in person. I hope so. Agreed. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for being here today.